All right, everybody, thanks once again for downloading and listening to The Isaiah Hickman Show. I'm your humble host, Isaiah Hickman. I want to start off by apologizing for the audio quality. Uh, Well, first, on the the last episode, uh, audio quality was uh, pretty bad just because it was uh, not normalized. We didn't get a very good level coming out. And also, uh, just for the audio quality in general, I don't have a a nice high-quality studio quite set up yet, so working with what we got. I know it's a little, maybe a little echoey, but uh, we're working with what we got. So anyway, everybody, please, uh, word of mouth, tell your friends about the show. This is the proven way to get traction with podcasts. Let, Let your friends, family, everybody know if they're into politics and also, if you can, spread the link, uh, share the link on your social media to <clears throat> to the uh, download link for the podcast. We're on uh, Apple right now. Uh, we will be getting over to Spotify pretty soon. So, <clears throat> okay, without uh, any more wasting of time, this week, it's deja vu all over again. So... Deja vu all over again. What do I mean by that? So, I guess if you sit back and think about it, um, everything is kind of starting to play out just like it did in 2020 for the election. And partially um, after the 2016 election as well. And what I mean by that is... I feel like the Democrats, they've got a playbook and they just keep going back to the same playbook, running the same plays. Um, Because if you think that the Democrats don't have a strategy in place for how to win the 2024 election, then you're just completely oblivious. Because they know that I mean, anybody can look at the polls and you can see <clears throat> you can see that Joe Biden is not going to beat Donald Trump. So what did we talk about last week? What, are, what we talked about last week is, well, what in the world are they going to do with Biden? He won't get out. You can't bypass Kamala Harris without, you know, pissing everybody off. What are they going to do? Well, that's a different branch of the same story, a different branch of the same river. Um, What they have to do now is they have to assume that, that Biden is such a stubborn old man that he's not going to get out. So what do they have to do to win the election? Even if Biden does get out and they get a different candidate in candidate in, what are they going to, how are they going to get their, crappy candidate to win what are they going to do so like I said it feels a lot like the aftermath of 2016 it feels an awful lot like 2020 so let's get into it and and everybody um, I always want to tell you where I'm uh, what my sources are so you can look it up for yourself um, and also, too, I want everyone to know that I try to use 
corporate media because as my sources because as a general rule corporate media is left leaning so that's what we're going to do we're just going to use their own words to show you what they're doing because they're not tr- they're not necessarily trying to hide anything they just rely on low information voters because most people aren't going to read most most people don't have the time to sit down and read all this stuff and do research you know um it's hard so they think people are just going to see the headline and then or not even see the headline you know and they're just going to you know get their 10 minutes of news per week however they get it whether it's scrolling through twitter or you know watching a few minutes of you know national news a week so we'll start here and this isn't really a one of the few not super left wing um corporate media sites this is the new york post eh, they're hit and miss but um so new york post this was uh from february 10th and the title is Big Brother Biden wants AI to control what you read, say, and think. The Biden administration has been spending millions on R&D for AI-powered tools meant to sniff out disinformation, reports the House Subcommittee on the Weaponization of the Federal Government. The AI would alert social media companies on what to squelch, enabling an industrial-scale version of the suppression effort efforts Biden's enforcers and allies already provably engaged in around COVID-19, Hunter's laptop, and other major true stories. So, and that just kind of lays it out right there in the very beginning. So, the Biden administration are spending a crap ton of money for R&D on AI-powered tools. So, now they can let the AI do what they had intelligence and law enforcement agencies doing back in 2020 and even uh, before that uh, with election, uh, uh, excuse me, not, not election interference stuff, but, well, yeah, they, election interference stuff as far as, um, you know, anything about Hunter Biden's laptop they suppressed, they wouldn't let it out. But also, too, everything about COVID, if you had anything to say about COVID back in 2020, right, uh, if you questioned the efficacy of masks, if you were somewhat skeptical about the vaccines, if you were even, you know, skeptical about lockdowns, uh, you know, you, you were, you were shadow banned, you were downrated or even just completely censored on social media. And this is a proven fact. We've got the Twitter files. Um, there's, there's really no argument about that right now. Um, if someone does want to argue that point with you, um, all you have to do is point them to uh, Matt Schellenberger, Matt Taibbi. Um, Matt Schellenberger? Is Matt? That doesn't... I don't think it's Matt. David David Schellenberger? 
Well, I can't remember his name. Either way, Schellenberger, for sure that's his last name. Uh, Matt Taibbi. Uh, Elon Musk, after he bought Twitter, just gave them free access to uh, you know, information on what Twitter had. Um, and, and the evidence was overwhelming that the United States government was, in fact, pressuring social media to suppress information that they didn't like. Disinformation, what they would call disinformation or misinformation. And I hate those terms because over the last, oh, I don't know, six, seven years, if you've noticed, the terms misinformation and disinformation have fused into one, but they're completely different terms. Disinformation is actively is actively false information that has been seeded to create a narrative, right? So that's that goes back to like your spycraft, right? Back in the day when you know you're imagine the Cold War and the, and the U.S. and Russia are seeding information into the media of the other countries to gain sympathy you know, among the, the population. That's disinformation, okay? Misinformation is just like information that's not correct. It's like, you know, uh, I could have posted, oh, it was such a, a beautiful sunny day yesterday. And no, it wasn't. It was cloudy yesterday. But the day before it was sunny, I just made a mistake, right? That's misinformation. And what you see is that those two terms have merged and now anything that's, they, they'll just call everything misinformation. Or they'll call misinformation disinformation. So it's irritating. Just keep your eyes out for that. And anytime you see misinformation or disinformation um, in a news article or something like that, just read a little further into it and see what in the world they're actually talking about. Because generally speaking, um, they're just lying through their teeth about something. So, okay. So, man, that so this really feels like 2020. Really feels like 2020. Um, except now, like I said, they're using, they're going to use AI instead of, instead of, you know, instead of government entities, which will help them kind of keep their hands clean because they're actually not allowed to censor people, right? But somehow they keep getting away with it. They keep getting away with it. They keep getting away with it. Okay. Number two. Second article. This is from CNN. <clears throat> and... This is from February 9th. Exclusive. Biden officials confront limits of federal response and exercise preparing for 2024 election threats. Okay. Election threats. What does that mean? Let's look. When senior national security officials gathered in the White House Situation Room in December to prepare for the 2024 election... They faced a pair of stark 
simulated scenarios that tested the limits of any federal response to election-related chaos, for people familiar with the meeting told CNN. What if Chinese operatives created a fake AI-generated video showing a Senate candidate destroying ballots? And how should federal agencies respond if violence erupts at polling stations on Election Day? For nearly an hour, the number two officials at the FBI, CIA, and Department of Homeland Security and Justice wrestled with how to respond to the deep fake video, including whether and how to notify the public about the activity if they weren't sure that China was behind it, the sources told CNN. When it comes to a coordinated federal response to things like rampant disinformation, deepfakes, and the harassment of election officials, we're all effing tied up in knots, said one, of the, said one U.S. official familiar with the election security drill. All right, so what are they talking about here? What are they talking about? They, they have the FBI, the CIA, Homeland Security, and Department of Justice meeting with how to respond to disinformation. Now, they're talking about Chinese deepfakes, right? But again, they keep going back to these words disinformation because you can throw the word disinformation on anything you don't like when in fact that is actually what they mean when they say disinformation, right? When they say disinformation, they specifically mean information that they don't like, right? You have to be able to learn how to read these things and understand what they're talking about. And it just takes time. Um, the more the more you're engaged with the news, the more you'll start to see the patterns. Um, but you, you have to understand what they mean when they say disinformation. Disinformation is just information that they don't like. Whether it's true or not true, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. In both scenarios, federal officials favored a muted public response, largely choosing to let state and local governments take the lead. That points to a deep-seated dilemma that they face. How does the federal government protect voters from election threats when many of those voters don't trust the federal government in the first place? State and local officials run elections and are more trusted voices in their communities, but how can federal officials act decisively to support them? So they're laying the groundwork already. They're laying the groundwork, hey, you know, we got to help. Well, no, it's not your job. It, they pointed out rightly it is the job of the states. But again, I, I'm not so concerned about the specifics. What I'm concerned about is the narrative that we're starting to hear come out already. They're laying the groundwork. They're laying the groundwork telling you, be prepared for massive amounts of disinformation. Be prepared for massive amounts of misinformation. They're laying the groundwork. This is what they call, um, what they would call like pre-bunking. What is pre-bunking, you ask? I'm glad you asked. Pre-bunking is, well, if you know the term debunk, debunking is when you prove something false, right? 
So pre-bunking is when you put out <clears throat> a narrative ahead of, you put out a narrative ahead of the thing that you that will inevitably come out that you want to you want to prep people for when they read it they're like oh that can't be true or when they read it they're like oh yeah i remember that i i read something about that before so you're creating a bias prebunking is creating a bias positive or negative doesn't matter you're creating a, a bias in people for information that you know is going to come out sometime in the future. Okay? So, hey, looky here. This is a <clears throat> this is a fairly old one from NPR. Pre-bunking teaches people how to spot disinformation. This is October 28th, 2022 from NPR. False information is everywhere. Pre-bunking tries to head it off early. Right? So, we'll go down through here. Let's see. Sorry, I didn't have this highlighted. Uh, the idea... Show people the tactics and tropes of misleading information before they encounter it in the wild, so they're better equipped to recognize it and resist it. Okay? But what is the misinformation or the misleading information? Right? The, these, the, the times that we live in, everything is just about creating a narrative. Who has the most effective narrative? Right? And it made me... I started thinking about this earlier. And um, I don't know about you guys, but I really like um, getting really deeply involved into like a really good TV show. Something that's really well written. Um, so... And it made me think of um, how a, a television series develops and how you can always, within a show, you can go back, or even a book, a good book, you can go back and see how a series of events unfolds. And you can trace it back to like one thing, you know, and whether that thing was just something trivial or a misunderstanding or whatever. And it, I was thinking about like um, the TV show Lost and how insane and involved with all the twists and turns in the storyline that that had, right? Um, and how all that started with the people who were who crashed on the airplane on the island and how they first interacted with the people who were already there on the island. Sorry, I um, hope I'm not... It's no spoiler alerts because that show is way too old. Um, but it was all this... And I can't even remember fully how it happened either. 
myself because it's been so long since I watched it. But I do remember that like the first encounter between these two groups of people was all just kind of like a misunderstanding. And it turned into this whole war between two, two tribes of people, right? So how does that relate to what's going on? It's all about seeding a narrative, right? If you can be the first one or the best one to seed a decent narrative that people can grab onto, everything else will play out from that, right? So you're looking to establish your narrative either in a better way or just before the other team does and get everything to play out hopefully how you anticipate it plays out and so that's why everything kind of feels like deja vu like i said in the beginning they it's like the democrats don't have like a really deep playbook they have a playbook with like two or three plays in it and yeah, those plays have worked in the past, so we'll just keep going back to them. And the question is, when in the world are people going to wise up and see? It's like that saying, history doesn't repeat, it rhymes, right? Like, how can anyone, if, well, if you're paying attention to the news, which I hope most of you are, and you see these stories and these headlines and you think about it in terms of they're trying to seed a narrative if you think about it that way that they're trying to 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 plant a narrative to get something started how can you not see the how can you not see the parallels to what they did in the past. And it's like unbelievable. It's completely unbelievable that it's it makes me sad. It makes me sad for the country that I live in now because you know, it's become obvious to me that everything that is happening in politics now it's all it's all just power plays. They're all power plays. No one is actually governing for the betterment of the country. They're all just vying for the power position. And it's something that's maybe hard for a lot of people to understand. It's hard for me to understand. I, you know, I, I can't really grasp. I mean, I'm sure like everyone else, I, I would understand if I was in the situation. I, I'm sure that the power is intoxicating. I'm sure that it is, you know. Um, but from the perspective of a normal person, it's just so hard to comprehend how these people can be so 
willfully, what's the best word? How they can be so, <clears throat> how they can be so willfully negligent in their dereliction of duties, you know, how you can completely forget about the underlying reason you're there doing what you're doing, you know, and that's, that's the comparison that I'm trying to get across to you when I was talking about the, um, you know, the television show and how a good TV show plays out, you know, it starts with a small thing, one small thing that triggers a series of events, right? You know, these people get into government some of them maybe with good intentions. I'm sure a lot of them with not good intentions. Um, but it feels like when you step back, and this has kind of always been the thing that uh, I've been able to, to do fairly well, is to step back and take the 30,000-foot view of something. And when you look at this 30,000-foot view of this timeline that we've been in for the last, like, 10 years, you can see how it's all just a concurrent series of events based off of the previous event, right? This event triggers this, which triggers this, and this is how everything is unfolding. And I'm sure, you know, you can go back even further than 10 years. I'm just, you know, giving an example and it made me think of it made me think of a, a documentary I watched <clears throat> excuse me um, about um, the Soviet Union, the rise and fall of the Soviet Union. And that was very interesting because that's the same thing how you, watching that documentary, you can see how the rise and fall, the rise of the Soviet Union was, and the Cold War specifically, uh, was basically, um, it was basically an outgrowth of World War II. Uh, the mistrust that the Soviet Union had of, of Western countries, their desire to, you know, um, to spread their their territory and to spread their ideology across the world. And it was really interesting to see how how that grew and how the Cold War started and how it grew and how it ended. And it's all just like one big story arc. Really interesting. And it seems to me like that's the way that that life in general plays out on this, on this crazy world that we live in. Um, it's all just a series of events and we have to try, we have to try to look at, we have to try and take a look at the moment we're in and we have to, we have to analyze it and, and, and look at any parallels that we see to the past 
And when we do see a parallel to the past, we have to ask ourselves, well, what did that, well, 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 what happened in the past when they were confronted with this similar situation and, and the choices that were made? What happened and what can we learn from that and how can we make a better decision now? Because I feel like nobody right now, no one's doing that and saying, how can we make a better decision? You know, it's just the snowball rolling down the hill. The snowball rolling down the hill, you know. And I think that where we're at right now is a lot more dangerous than where we have been in the past because now it's become obvious to me that there is a, there is a faction not just in our government, but a faction in, in the world elites, let's say, for lack of a better term, that wants to see the fall of this country so that it can be replaced by either some other force. I think it's probably... I think it's, to me, what it seems to be is a globalist regime um, that that they're looking to get into. And I feel like a lot of the leaders in this country, they see the end is near, or that's how they perceive it. They perceive that the end of this country is near and that the best way for them to position themselves is to grovel at the feet of these globalists to show them they're willing to do whatever whatever they have to do to be on the globalist side so they're not left high and dry like us regular old people who are going to get screwed when this whole thing falls apart. I mean, what other reason? Can you think of any other reason why you would simply have an open border and just let millions, and that's not being hyperbolic, over the last three years, millions of people come in illegally? And this ain't, <laughs> I'm sorry, but this ain't, uh, this ain't the immigration from the 1990s and the 1980s. Right, of just, oh, and it's a lot of Mexicans coming across and, and a lot of other Central American uh, people from other Central American company, countries coming across. This, this, this ain't that. This ain't that. There are people from all over the world coming through from the Middle East, Afghanistan, Iran, Yemen, people from Africa. And what's more concerning is a lot of men from China. Go look that up if you want to have trouble sleeping at night. There's estimates that over in 2023 that over 30,000 Chinese men have come across our border illegally. That's just the ones we know about. 
You can look that up on the CBP website. That's concerning, very concerning. Also considering the fact that China's been buying up a ton of farmland in this country. And the fact that the farmland that they've been buying up in this country, a lot of it is very close to important military bases. Think about that. That makes it even more scary. Where are all these military-age men from China going? Well, I mean, I don't know, but seems like they happen to know a company or a person that owns some land next to a military base. And these guys happen to be Chinese assets. Well, they're in place, ready to go. When the shit goes down, they're ready. Right? Anyway, uh, I kind of went off on a little bit of a tangent there, but um, it's very concerning. We're being sold out. And we need to wake up. People are waking up. Don't get me wrong. People are waking up for sure. Uh, a lot more people are aware of what's going on. But it's not enough. We have to keep getting the word out. We have to keep letting... We have to get people interested in what's happening. There's no more time to be you know, a Monday morning quarterback. There's no more time to just go about your daily life and not pay attention to any of this stuff. You could get away with that 20 years ago, 30 years ago, 40 years ago, right? You could get away with that because it seemed like back then generally we had at least a portion of our government that was somewhat, still somewhat moral, that still had, uh, that some of them were still actually patriots, that actually cared about the country, that actually cared about the people of this country. But more and more corruption is creeping in. And this is one of the, this is one of the blind spots of liberalism. Tolerance. Right? Tolerance is a blind spot of liberalism. Not just tolerance. Uh, oh, being overly tolerant is a huge blind spot of liberalism. Because you have to, and this is why I can't consider myself a libertarian, because libertarians, libertarians are all going to be like, hey, you do you, I do me, we leave each other alone. There's no... There's no hard line that they're willing to put down. But at some point, you have to put down a hard line and say, no, this is unacceptable. And we, as a society, need to agree that this is unacceptable. And we won't let our society degrade into this filth and this rubbish. We have to create and maintain standards. And if that makes some people mad, then so be it. But there has to be standards. And this, like I, like I said, I think this is one of the blind spots of 
liberalism. You have to have a little bit of backbone and you have to have you have to have a line that you will not cross and that you have to be willing to enforce that line. You have to be willing to enforce that line. And we're getting there. We're getting close. People are starting to see what's going on. You know? Okay. All right. That's going to do it for this week. Thanks, everybody, for downloading. Again, please um, please subscribe. Please recommend to your friends, your family. And share this wherever you can. Share a link to the download. Uh, eventually, I am going to get to a point where we're, we're putting these on. Uh, it's probably going to be Rumble. Um, who knows what kind of censorship is going to happen with YouTube uh, in the, the coming months. I'm sure it's going to be pretty horrible. But um, so it'll be a lot easier to share once we get on a rumble. So once we do that, um, you know, share it everywhere. Um, again, spread the word and peace be with you.